guys. So we got a a ton of updates in regard to the Nashville tragedy. We're going to talk about those today, plus the Internet's response. Of course, there's been the progressive response, the more right-leaning response, the people in the center, and a lot, a lot of fighting. So let's try to see through the very muddy water here and talk about it. All right. How are you guys doing today? I hope you're doing well. Drop your thoughts, feelings, what you're up to in the chat down below. I'll be checking it out, watching it during the show, keeping my head down. (laughs) Uh, We're going to talk about just updates regarding the Nashville shooting that happened on Monday this week. We had that story broke just uh, break just hours before going live and ended up giving you guys uh, information in regard to that, what happened, the shooter's identity, who has now been identified as Audrey Hale, a 28-year-old woman who identifies as a man, has he, him pronouns, and uh, goes by the name Aiden as uh, another alias. Now, this set the internet and the country ablaze, essentially, with everybody running to give their opinion on this. Some saying that transgenderism and the infusion of gender debates and gender theory into our society is what caused this problem here. If Audrey had never been privy to those ideas or given those ideas, maybe it never would have become such a hate-filled, vitriolic feeling that she had that led to a mass shooting like this. Others saying it's the fault of Audrey's Christian upbringing, that how dare you not affirm an identity that she claims to have. And that is the reason that she has been led to commit an act like this and commit suicide by cop. It's a lack of affirmation. Others just sitting in the middle waiting for more information. The police officers uh, who are currently investigating what happened at this uh, Nashville Covenant School say there is a manifesto and maps of what Audrey Hale was planning to do and that there were several other targets. They've also stated that this manifesto is not going to be released at least while their investigation is pending and uh, en route. So there's a possibility we get the manifesto after their investigation is closed and there's a possibility that we never get it. And I think in there's been many other cases of shooters having manifestos or, or written documents that maybe we haven't seen or they've kept quiet. In some instances, we hear of mass shootings and you never get really any information Taylor uh, before brought up the shooting at, at the concert hall in Vegas. And I forget what the typical what the what the name of that concert hall was. Um, do you remember? It, it was, starts with an M. It was the uh... It was a hotel or one of them. I can't remember what it was, though, now. Yeah, but it was one of the largest mass shootings in, in American history. And I remember that happening. And obviously the whole country going quiet, quiet and the whole world being like, what is going on here? And then you heard little to nothing from the uh, investigation in regard to why the shooter did what he did. And it was just sort of quiet. And it was really never revisited, which was very, very strange. But let's get into some of the facts from what happened in Nashville that are now coming out. So many people have been super pissed about the reporting that they've seen from just many different journalists and publications on this person in particular, Audrey Hale. The Daily Mail did a big article uh, labeled trans outcast, and people were upset about that, saying maybe that it's humanizing Audrey Hale too much, that we shouldn't depict Audrey Hale as some sort of uh, rejected outcast and 
somewhat blame society or her Christian upbringing for what has happened and why she did what she did. But let's go ahead and read through some of this article see what facts they they put out here. What has been really disheartening for me is to see so many headlines with just salacious titles and all this stuff. And then you get to the bulk of the article and it's just information that just general information, uh, objective truths about this case that should just be published as is. And the headline should just be, here's some more facts about Audrey Hale. That's really what the headline should be. But instead we're getting all these different uh, clearly spun Uh, language choices within the journalism on this subject in particular. But let's read. Nashville mass shooter Audrey Hale was rejected by her Christian parents who couldn't accept she was gay and trans as cops reveal she also planned to shoot relatives. So there were several targets, I guess, discussed or at least planned out for what happened on Monday, including targeting her mother and father who I believe she lived with in what they now say is a $700,000 Nashville property, and that Audrey's lifestyle consisted of her leaving the house, maybe dressed in a more feminine manner, and then changing into her more masculine persona and going by Aiden among uh, some of her peers and on the internet. So her parents were aware that this is what she was doing and that she was going out and changing her clothes. Maybe they didn't want it in their house. They knew about it. They just didn't accept that this was the lifestyle. But many who are familiar with Audrey or were in close quarters with her throughout her life say that she was just sort of a quiet, somewhat sweet, and uh, at least perceived to be a, a very innocent young girl. It's also been announced through the Daily Mail that Audrey was diagnosed with autism, which if you follow any of the conversations we have surrounding transgenderism, gender ideology, gender theory, many uh, neuroscientists and people who are sometimes dissident in their research to what is the mainstream belief surrounding gender are coming out and saying, not only are we seeing a major spike in young women identifying as transgender, non-binary, gender queer, but these women also tend to have other... uh, be it psychiatric issues or or uh, what is what is the word diagnoses and one of those prevalent diagnoses is autism. So I wasn't really all that surprised to hear that Audrey Hale was uh, diagnosed with autism because sometimes those things go hand in hand with being transgender. As far as other information that was published, here's one out of Yahoo News, which. It's not put out in great timing, but the headline is Fear Pervades Trans Community Amid Focus on Nashville Shooter's Gender Identity, which, of course, has sparked outrage because many are saying, in every case, we try to focus on the background of the shooter, talk about what their life was like, get as much information as we can, be it from their manifestos, from their family members, from looking through records of their early uh, life and childhood. Why should we not point out something that is a hot topic of conversation right now? And that is the gender identity that Audrey Hale cho- chose to express publicly on the Internet with he, him pronouns and that separate alias Aiden. Why should we not be able to talk about that? And the implication in this article is that maybe we should keep it hush hush on the gender identity stuff or maybe not put as much of a focus on it because I guess they believe these issues exist without the gender identity being mentioned. And of course, we don't have the manifesto. Very well might be the case, uh, but it also very well might not be. It very well might not be. And 
it's just important to address. I don't know why we can't address things truthfully and just say the things the way the way they are. It's unfortunate that we as humans, I think, jump to just the strongest scale of judgment we can jump to. And this is happening on both sides. I'm seeing a lot of leftists hopping on the internet and judging people who are Christian and conservative and saying, how dare you cover the story this way? It's your fault that she did this. You're the one who caused it. They're calling out Tennessee legislators and saying, because you won't allow children to essentially undergo puberty blockers and hormone replacement therapy and genital mutilation, it's your fault. That's why this was done. And on the opposite end, you're seeing a direct push uh, from many against trans people and saying that trans people are inherently violent and this is going to happen more often and all of these things. It's just, we knew it was going to happen, right? We knew it was going to happen when the news comes out because it happens nearly every time something like this happens. Uh, but here we are just watching it with our own two eyes. Any thoughts, Taylor? Yeah, and I mean, you're right. Anytime something like this happens, you just... You just know what you're going to see on social media. You know what yeah. you're going to see in the media. And it's unfortunate, but that's just the the world that we live in, I guess. But, uh, you know, that's why I see some people saying, you know, with regard to the misleading headlines and the framing and the, mm -hmm. the actual facts being buried in the, in the articles. Uh, that's that's what hopefully the purpose that you can serve and that this show can serve for people is to, hey, what are the actual facts and what are the actual, you know, bottom line of uh laying the groundwork for the conversations that should be had and just trying to understand and make sense of, of what's going on. And so I think it is clear, you know, like there's, there's a lot we don't know, but there is some things that we do know, and we should focus on those facts. And then we should also not let people get away with this effort to reframe or point fingers or play the, the blame game. Um, one thing that is crystal clear in the midst of all of the surrounding factors and analysis and framing and headlines and things that people are doing is that the responsibility for this tragedy lies solely with the perpetrator. Yeah. And we can talk about different factors that may have contributed to their mental state, but a lot of people grow up in challenging and, and, uh, situations. A lot of people are abused. A lot of people uh, have mental illnesses. A lot of people are on medication and they don't kill people. And mm -hmm. this person chose to go uh, a further route than that. And they chose to uh, commit this heinous act and they they are responsible. She is responsible for this uh, tragedy and for this massacre. And uh, it's, you know, it's just very tasteless and uh, just the wrong moment, the wrong approach to while the bodies are still warm, start to be talking about just how reframing this as, uh, you know, by being about the fact that she, her it's her parents' fault or it's the Christian community's fault or it's, uh, it's because of this or that. It's just... It's it's like we should be very clear, especially earlier on, on what the facts are and make it clear that this is the perpetrator's fault. Yeah. Uh, everybody has struggles for the most part. Everybody goes through something uh, in, in their their lifetime at some point It is certainly no excuse. And it just seems we're getting a, a lot, a lot of excuses for the most part. Let's read i want to pull up something that was posted by andy no here is a, a radical trans activist group known as the trans resistance network that has responded to uh what's happened in nashville with a statement and let's pull it up let's see actually it's better to read this way so the trans resistance network says uh 
They've been notified uh, that the shooter involved in the church shooting in Nashville, Tennessee, was a person identifying as transgender, known on on online profiles as Aiden or Audrey, and they spelled it Aubrey, but Audrey Hale, he, him. While it is not our policy to engage publicly with news media, we believe this moment calls for a thoughtful response from our collective. We point out that today's incident in Nashville, Tennessee, is not one tragedy, but two. The first tragedy today is the loss of life of three children and adults. We extend our deepest sympathies and heartfelt prayers to those families dealing with the loss of loved ones. There is nothing we can offer that will comfort the hurt or ease the sorrow. We mourn with you. The second and more complex tragedy is that of Aiden or Audrey Hale, who felt he had he let's see that, of course, had uh, no other effective way to be seen than to lash out by taking the lives of others and by consequence himself. We do not claim to know the individual or have access to their inner thoughts and feelings. We do know that the life that life for transgender people is very difficult and made more difficult in the preceding months by a virtual avalanche of anti-trans legislation. The public callouts by right-wing personalities and political figures for nothing less than the genocidal eradication of trans people from society. Many transgender people deal with anxiety, depression, thoughts of suicide, and PTSD from the near constant drum of anti-trans hate, lack of acceptance, and fam from family members in certain religious institutions, denial of our existence, and calls for detransition and forced conversion. All of these factors contribute to a population that is medically underserved and who often face anti-trans bias while assessing care leading to significant physical and mental health disparities. Hate has consequences. Hmm. Hmm. Let's pause on that statement there. Hate has consequences. Notice how much was dedicated to the lives of the six people lost, uh, the three kids and, and three staff members. One little paragraph here. Interesting. All of this dedicated to... Audrey and essentially saying that the reason that this happened is because of hatred towards anti-trans people, not to mention the fact that the rates of depression, anxiety, thoughts of suicide, uh, I, I can't speak to the PTSD, but those three categories don't necessarily change when uh, living in an accepting society. So those three categories exist on their own, coupled with transgenderism or gender dysphoria. So I'm not sure the point that is, is being made there. We so often like to blame it on anti-trans hate. And I do not believe that that is the case. Now, could this person have been influenced by the legislation that was passed in Tennessee? Certainly. And if we're looking at a timeline here, okay, we're at, we're at nearly the end of March. That legislation was passed at the beginning of March on March 2nd. That is not allowing children to be essentially mutilated by their medical caregivers if we want to call them that so this is not to say that there could possibly be no correlation and that this person is not motivated by legislation but that does not mean you get to look at lawmakers and legislators in tennessee and say that it's your fault there are many laws that get passed that people don't agree with and then you either a go on and live your life or you b go and do something about it and the do something about it could be talking about it could be taking action it could be asking people to vote differently rallying behind a different movement or it could be doing what this person did and regardless of the motivations here you would never look at legislators and say that is your 
problem. And that that's your fault. When a Roe v. Wade was put uh, into existence and, and allowed and and they said, we're going to run with Roe v. Wade. If somebody had gone and shot up an abortion clinic, would you go, those darn legislators, you're the one who caused this. It's because of your hate towards his ideology that he went and did something like this. No, you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do that because people's choices exist on their own. And this person made this choice of hatred and narcissism. This is narcissism. And that exists solely on its own. And to, to read a statement like this is just, it's just unbelievable. It's, it's amazing the amount of things that will be justified uh, by, by ideology. And this is being justified. The second they write, hate has consequences, it's a justification. Yeah, it's like it's it's an okay if if we do it, and like to your point, uh, with if a uh, a Christian radical fundamentalist person bombs an abortion clinic, they would be falling over themselves to call this an act of terrorism. But when someone who commits an act of terrorism on behalf of a radical uh, gender ideology, what where's it's crickets, and it's not it's mm -hmm. not merely crickets. It's not just that they're being silent. It's that they're literally trying to reframe this and justify it as oh well, this is because of this legislation this is because of how the trans community is being treated it's because we're medically underserved i would say they're medically misserved mm -hmm. but it just goes to show you how uh how entrenched in an ideological worldview that they are that they're twisting reality in, in this way and you know up up is down down is up and and that's just a sick society you know deals in tragedies and deals in situations like this uh by reverting to political games and identity politics and and judging based on intersectionality and identity groups, that is not a sign of a healthy society. A healthy society will judge justice according to justice and according to truth. And the, in in that sense, the uh, responsibility lies directly with the perpetrator. And yeah. that's that full stop. And, you know, to bring in all these different uh different elements into the conversation where you're trying to just dodge and reframe things to still try to promote your ideology uh, on whose behalf this was committed. It's just so tone deaf and tasteless. And, and, you know, when I'm, and, and again, they, they're saying that there's these conservative personalities who are saying that they want to eradicate trans people, which is not what was ever said. So they're also lying right. in that regard. But when this is the rhetoric that's coming out of the representatives of this movement, it does make me sympathetic to the movement that wants to abolish this ideology from our country, because it doesn't seem to be it seems to be very totalizing and totalitarian in the sense that it's either our way or the highway. Yeah, if I saw a bunch of conservative people hopping on the internet and being like, trans people need to be jailed or, you know, they need to be eradicated, there would be valid criticism to give those people. And you should say, no, that's I, that's not acceptable. That is not something that should be that you should be posting publicly. It's not it's not necessarily a, a feeling that you should have towards these people. That's disgusting. But I'll be honest. In the wake of something like this, you would expect maybe a bunch of people, or, or at least on the radical end of the spectrum, to be on the internet saying these sorts of things. I'm really not seeing it. And again, if I do see it, I would say that is wrong. What I am seeing now is a lot of trans people, trans identifying or trans allies hopping on the internet and saying now that they need to be mobilized to fight against what's going to happen to them. And they're somewhat predicting or prophesying, I guess, a hate that's going to come back at them or a backlash that's going to come back at them and essentially arming themselves and saying there's a fight when I've yet to hear anybody say 
that there needs to be some swift action against trans people in particular to eradicate them. I have not heard that said. So here's just some some videos here. And I want to recognize these are clearly extremely radicalized, somewhat militant people. And I do not think they are a representation of the entire trans community. But it is unfortunate that these people are the loudest uh, of uh, this community in particular. And we're going to get to talk about a trans day of vengeance that is apparently taking place on April 1st outside of the Supreme Court. So I'm not sure what that means. Vengeance is a really strong word, but we'll read an article and uh, get down to the bottom of that. Let's see this video. Now has 2.3 million views. It says Tennessee trans people resist. Trans people in Tennessee, it's time to fucking fight. Trans allies. Language warning. My apologies. In Tennessee, it's time to fucking fight. Trans women, if they lock you up for identifying as a woman, fight. Resist. Who, what, You're going to die Who? anyways. We're going to die anyways. It's time to fucking resist. Fight them. Hurt them. If they put their hands on you, beat them. You know, I keep hearing, you know, trans people, trans allies come out and say, well, trans people are far more likely to lose their lives. They're far more likely to be victims of homicide. I have not found a single statistic that validates that. And this person just said, well, we're going to die anyways. From what? From who? I'm uh, who? <laughs> please, please give me the information that backs up what you're saying right now, because I have not found anything that backs up that claim. We are at an attack. It's time to fight back. Do you hear me? Trans people in Tennessee, trans men, trans women, non-binary, fight. If they try to arrest you or have you arrested on a felony for existing, beat them, team up, gang together, get people who agree with you to come and fight. First of all, is this person holding a curtain rod? Is that a curtain rod? I don't know. It's either that or some kind of prop that's supposed to look like a wizard staff or something. So <laughs> hopefully know. it's not a curtain rod. I don't know what's going probably on in this video. Be. I really don't know what's going on. And there is no legislation that says that transgender people should be jailed simply for being transgender. Just doesn't exist. It does not exist. Carry you know, a weapon. Quick TikTok mm -hmm. is to ban you for, you know, saying that, I don't know, reparations are nonsense or anything like that. Yeah. They're you know, I hope this person is banned from TikTok for literally calling for violence in the wake of this uh, this tragedy. It's pretty insane. It is. And I bet you it's I bet you it's probably still up. It's probably still up unless people have gone and mass reported it. It's probably still up at all times. And yes, you have to attack the police officer. What? Allegedly. But it's time. It's time. If they're going to try to jail and police you for existing, you fight them. You fight them. And if they lock you in prison, fuck up the guards. Bust out of prison. Jump in with other trans people. It's time we organize a prison bust in Tennessee, guys. It's time we organize a prison bust. It's time we start fighting. It's time. If they put their hands on you, fight them. Trans people, fight them. We will not let them create a genocide of trans people. What? I am so tired. I was in a live the other day with two trans people who denied this. Out of my way. I disown any trans person who disagrees with this notion. <laughs> That's hilarious. I disown any trans person who disagrees with my notion. <laughs> oh, my.
my god! I'm reminded of the watching this of like, you remember those videos of like Osama bin Laden, like preaching to his radical followers or whatever, like, that's what this gives me the same energy as is somebody who's trying to mobilize people toward a catastrophized, totalizing ideology. That's just, oh, it's us against them. We have don't don't think about it. Just come join the resistance. You're under threat. Everyone's trying to kill you. And like, again, in the wake of a of a tragedy like this, like, where is the hey this person does not represent our group this person does not represent our movement what they did was a heinous right. act of evil and we want nothing to do with this uh, we're a peaceful community all that i mean i'm sure hopefully there are some representatives of yeah. the transgender community that are out there saying those things but after looking at that statement and seeing these tiktoks and uh a lot of even what we've seen from allies as we'll get into with uh, the katie hobbs uh press secretary in a minute mm -hmm. the, the, a lot of the rhetoric is just militant and it's let's take up arms let's follow suit almost with what just happened and it's just utterly backwards yeah it's very just it's very fundamentalist like you and they're adherent to the rules as they were written uh the the very time that they were written in regard to their their gender theory and even if you are a trans person who disagrees with them if you disagree with what is written you are going against their fundamentalist belief and therefore you are no longer a part of the community it's Wild, just wild, and yeah, let's get into the uh, the Katie Hobbs story. So Katie Hobbs is uh, Arizona's press secretary, the governor's press secretary, and decided to tweet this out. Uh, Katie Hobbs is the governor. The, her press secretary said the. Tweet. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, Jocelyn Berry is the one who put out this tweet, and she was subsequently she subsequently resigned after putting this out. Uh, and here's the here's the tweet. Us when we see transphobes. And you'll notice that this was uh, at 9.30 p.m. on the 27th, so hours after uh, this news was out about what had happened in Nashville. I can't imagine that she was not aware of what had happened at uh, the Covenant School in Nashville, but this is the tweet. And for those of you listening on podcast, there is a gif of a lady with two firearms pointed at, I guess, the transphobes in this scenario us when we see transphobes and the the right thing for the most part happened here she was called out on the internet people said what the hell this is disgusting and then she resigned because maybe you should not be in the position that you're in as a press secretary when you believe these things about your possible constituents and uh the the citizens who you are supposed to be you know working for be a public servant for and now she's gone. But it's just crazy that she felt comfortable posting this on the internet at this time and thought, you know what? I'm gonna get so much support for posting this that it doesn't really matter. I'm just gonna put out this uh, clearly violent view towards transphobes, which just means anybody who accepts a biological binary and disagrees with what's happening right now. That makes you a transphobe. That's it. You join the ranks of every single conservative for the most part uh any rational human being who has studied biology you join the likes of deborah so and colin wright and jk rowling who are uh not conservative people in the slightest that's who that's who you're joining with we're all transphobes that's but yeah what a weird what a weird thing to post on the internet and to just have that go through your brain and go, yep, green light. I think that's a great idea, and I'm going to post that right now. Now, let's get on to 
the Trans Day of Vengeance, because I know you guys want to know more about that. I'm thinking of actually, if this is a legit thing, which it might not be, this might be a small group. I don't know how large this group is. Um, this Trans Day of Vengeance thing is supposed to be happening at the Supreme Court of the United States on April 1st. And this was planned prior, I believe, to what happened on Monday. And it is still going to be going forward. It's, it's critics are questioning a transgender activist group group's upcoming Trans Day of Vengeance protest, which is expected to go on as planned, despite uh, coming just days after a trans person walked into a Tennessee Christian school and killed six people, including three children. Despite pushback, including Twitter removal, social media posts, uh, removing social media posts promoting the event, it appears the Trans Day of Vengeance event is still slated for Saturday morning in front of the Supreme Court in Washington, D.C. The event is being organized by the Trans Radical Activist Network, T-R-A-N, Tran, of course, which informed the national desk it would not comment beyond uh, a press release shared by the organization on its website. So here's their little poster, Trans Day of Vengeance, Stop Transgenocide, April 1st at 11 a.m. Assemble at the Supreme Court. Of course, wear your mask because we wouldn't want you there without wearing your mask. It's What a joke. Yeah, what a joke. Uh, Someone in the chat said, sinister looking kid said, Tranuary 6. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> too soon? No, not too soon. Um, what an interesting, what an interesting choice of wording. Trans day of vengeance. Vengeance. What does vengeance, what sort of imagery does that bring about for you? Because it certainly doesn't bring about anything reparative. It's not bringing any ideas of unity to mind, of comfort, of bridging the divide. Vengeance has a very specific tone to it. And it, for me, means taking something from you to make up for what was taken from us. So how exactly does that play out when you're going to be outside of the Supreme Court of the United States? And is this going to be deemed an insurrection? Or do they have to just go into the building for it to be deemed one, right? Is that what has to happen? Uh, what What is the criteria here for an insurrection? Because we're talking vengeance outside a very prominent government facility. Yeah, how many FBI agents are there going to be planted in this crowd? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder how big this is actually going to be and how big this network is. I'm not sure that this is actually going to be some sort of huge thing. I'm trying to see their Facebook only has like 600 people who like their page, but it's gotten so much press that it actually might become something huge. I know Tucker covered it. It's been all These over people Twitter. People love their activism. So people do know, love do their activism. Up. Yeah. I'm curious. Maybe we'll go. I don't know. I would, I would kind of want to see what's going, going on here. Maybe do some reporting, but who knows? I'm going to be at BYU on Friday to speak uh, and it's interesting because I saw Matt Walsh canceled, I think, two of his speaking engagements because of the amount of threats that he's getting towards his family and his wife. So he is just opting to not go out and speak places because people, I guess, seemingly know his address or know where he lives and know where his kids are. And he's getting direct threats against his family. What a time to be alive. And should not be lost that, of course, the threats have to do with his work in Tennessee to talk about gender theory and stop kids from being mutilated by their care providers. 
Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. I mean, it's getting really difficult. It's getting really difficult to give anybody a pass here because it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And it just keeps, keeps on keeping on. And it's, it must suck for people who identify as trans who are just simply trying to just live their lives and keep people out of their business. It's got to be a rough week for, for those individuals. I don't really know that there's much more to say here. We'll keep an eye out to see if after this uh, pending investigation there is a manifesto released. But this is the vitriol that's happening on the internet and, and the back and forth. And of course, there's calls for gun control and this and that. And it does seem as though Audrey was seeing a mental health professional at some point who had diagnosed her with mental issues. So I don't know how strict, I don't know the gun laws specifically for each and every state, but it seems to me there needs to be something stricter. If we're going to talk about making stricter gun laws, stricter against people who are diagnosed with mental illness. And in this case, the, the friend of Audrey, there was a friend of Audrey who did call the police and say, hey, she messaged me. She's having suicidal thoughts. She says she's going to do something bad. It was far too late for anything to happen at this point. But in many instances with these shooters, there are calls to police for issues with mental health. There's Baker actions. There are multiple visits to mental health providers where they are marked to be on the spectrum of being mentally ill and sometimes severely mentally ill. Those people should not be able to purchase firearms. In my opinion, in my humble opinion, those people should not be able to purchase firearms. I just don't know why that would not be the case. And I'm trying to remember who there was a shooter in the past and maybe it was Nicholas Cruz, but I don't want to misspeak. I don't know. There was a shooter, a mass shooter in the past who the police have been called on them several times. And if you go through a Baker action process, that Baker action process is supposed to. I don't know if it's different in every state, but it's supposed to involve a, you know, checking if you have firearms and taking those firearms away from you. And that should happen. And then you should just not be able to purchase anything. In my opinion, I'm willing to hear out people who think different, but it just does not make sense to me at all yeah i think the devil's in the details on where you actually draw the line with yeah you know what technically disqualifies you from being able to purchase you know the firearm but it's it definitely seems like there's you know if there's mental health issues and proof of that then there should be that that should be something that is factored into when with whether someone is uh, allowed to to purchase the weapons i think that's pretty uh, much a no-brainer. Then the other side of it too is, are we adequately training and resourcing the authorities that are responsible for investigating uh, these red flags and investigating things that come up when people call and say, hey, my friend has this issue or hey, this person made a threat or something like that. Like, are, do we have enough uh, resourcing for the people whose job it is to investigate that and catch these things before they happen? So Yeah, I just don't, how logistically how that happens, I don't know. That yeah, seems like a the details of that too. And then, you, you know, we've talked about it the other day with, you know, escalating uh, school security and getting armed security at schools. I mean, it sounds ridiculous that we have to do that, but uh, Amir Odom had a great infographic he put out on Instagram Pulls this week. And he talked about how uh, we protect our presidents, politicians, we protect concert venues, we protect uh, school or uh, not schools, but uh, sporting events with with guns. And mm -hmm. then we try to protect schools with a, a gun-free zone sign. And so that's, and we know that this uh, shooter 
specifically targeted the school in question over other schools because it had lower security. So, yep. you know, that is another huge factor in this. Yeah, I think a larger school was meant to be targeted by this person. And she went and scoped it out and went, nope, not going to be possible here because somebody will take me down before I get the chance. Uh, it's, and of course, that's anecdotal information, but it's something to keep in mind, I think, and, and ponder a bit. It's just it's just a really, really tough issue to to break down. And yeah, if you guys want to check out that infographic, uh, you can go to Amir X Odom, where he's got multiple pages of just going through his thoughts and, and thoughts that people could possibly have in regard uh, to this issue in particular, because it's kind of hard. People are coming at you from 50 different directions on something that just happened. And it's hard to encompass all the thoughts that you could possibly have on something like this. So shout out to Amir for taking the time to to do that. Let's what should we do next? Should we do we want to talk about Mil, Dylan Mulvaney and Kate Spade? Oh, gosh. Uh, the clown show never ceases. It doesn't ever cease. And we do have more another article that I read today that shocked me. This is out no can't say that it shocked me. It just shocks me how far this is going without something being done about it. This is from Redux.info. Here is the headline. Woman files lawsuit against University of Wyoming sorority over admission of trans-identified male who watches them undress. Does anything look, you know, out of out of character in this picture here in particular? This is a sorority photo. Is there anything? Who's that large person in the back? <sighs> Another sorority sister. If you ask me, I mean, I don't, I honestly don't see any difference, but you guys let me know if you see it. I, I don't. Let's read the article. Seven women are suing the Kappa Kappa Gamma sorority after it was told uh, to admit a male who identifies as transgender to the University of Wyoming chapter. Artemis Langford, 21, was accepted into KKG following a vote that was held after he submitted an uh, admission form last September Quote, I feel so good to be in a place that I think not only shares my values, but to be in a sisterhood of awesome women that want to make history. Langford told the Branding Iron, a local publication where he is also employed as a contributor during an interview last year. Quote, they want to <laughs> they want to break the glass ceiling <laughs> trailblazing, you know, you know, and I certainly feel that there are first trans member, at least in the chapter in, in Wyoming history. Okay. That as I certainly feel that as their first trans member, at least in the chapter in Wyoming history, as a member of Kappa Kappa Gamma Langford, who is six feet, two inches tall and weighs 260 pounds, is allowed to live in the KKG house, which accommodates up to 50 women. That's a man's dream, isn't it? Though he currently lives outside the sorority house. He is set to move into the residence within the year where he would have access to the shared shower facilities. Doors to the communal showers do not lock, and the main bathroom located on the second floor is not equipped with a private changing area, reports Cowboy State Daily. Though Langford resides elsewhere for the time being, women allege that he frequently sits in the second floor common area watching the women. Quote, an adult human male does not become a woman just because he tells others that he is a female gender. He has a female gender identity and behaves in what he believes to be a stereotypical manner, reads the legal complaint filed on Monday in the U.S. District Court for Wyoming. The Fraternity Council has betrayed the central purpose and mission of Kappa Kappa Gamma by conflating the experience of being a woman with the experience of men engaging in behavior generally associated with women. And this has been the major complaint with all of this. 
You can't just be a man and then say, you know what? Uh, women paint their nails. Women wear wigs sometimes or at least have long hair so I can do that for myself. Women wear dresses. Women are generally nicer, more nurturing and compassionate. I'm just going to start acting out these things and that's what makes me a woman. No. The article goes on. The seven anonymous women, all of, of whom who are either current or previous members of the UW sorority chapter, filed the lawsuit on March 27th against the sorority and its council president, Mary Pat Rooney. Uh, Langdon is referred to by the pseudonym Terry Smith in the legal documents, which uses male pronouns to address him. The plaintiffs are requesting that the court void Langford's membership in KKG. Court records reveal that the young women are alleging that Langford had been voyeuristically peeping on them while they were in intimate situations. And in at least one occasion, he had a visible erection while doing so. Oh, Jesus. Yep. Quote, one sorority member walked down the hall to take a shower wearing a towel. She felt an unsettling presence, turned and saw Mr. Smith, a.k.a. Langford, watching her silently. The document reads, Mr. Smith has, while watching members enter the sorority house, had an erection visible through his leggings. Quote, other times he had a pillow in his lap. <sighs> now... Would I be shocked if this person is just simply saying I identify as female in order to get into a house with 50 other women to be able to live with them, look at them, share communal showering spaces with them? No, I would not be shocked. It's exactly what Leah Thomas is doing based on Leah Thomas's Instagram likes, Instagram activity, Leah Thomas's girlfriend, who is also another trans woman. Leah Thomas, the NCAA swimmer, has an autogynophilia thing going on and for those of you who don't know what that means it means they are attracted to being a man dressing up and cross-dressing as a woman acting like a woman and essentially being around women uh, while undergoing that process and engaging in that practice could this be the very same thing that's happening here with langford aka terry smith in these court filings i wouldn't be shocked i wouldn't be shocked and even if it wasn't the case even if that was not the case do the girls who are in this sorority house have a right to say, I don't want a man who is clearly getting some sort of sexual arousal from being in the sorority house, being around us and being in our space. They should have every right. It doesn't matter if this person truly believes they are a trans woman. It does not matter. Women should have every right to say, I do not feel comfortable having a man in my space. And there is no way in hell I'm going to pay tuition to the University of Wyoming to have a man stay in my quarters. No, and it's so sad that these uh, women, young women, have to be the ones to draw the line. And they should be protected by the university, by the people in charge to not allow something like this to happen. And, you know, this reminds me when Michael Knowles says we need to eradicate transgenderism from public life. This is what he means is we don't make policies for sorority houses on the basis of gender identity ideology. We make it on the basis of reality and truth. And the truth is you can't just make up one day as a six foot four dude and decide that, hey, I want to dress like a woman and be accepted into sorority so I can peep on girls in their house. That is not a serious thing that we can do as a society. And I'm tired of this, you know, people trying to piss on you and tell you it's raining with this is what the new reality is. This is the truth. We all know this is ridiculous. This is a something that even if he's sincere, it's still uh, it leaves the door open 
when you make policies according to this ideology, it leaves the door open to people who want to exploit that. I think on uh, on the sidebar on this or on the Daily Mail article that we were looking at, there's another story of a guy who had raped like a nine-year-old and an 11-year-old and is in prison for it and yeah. changed his gender identity while he was in prison and now was being moved to a woman's prison. We've seen this over and over again, and it is uh, just utterly insane. This is the consequence of truth denial, of trying to put ideology over reality and people's feelings over just facts. And we have a well-established history of you know what, it, how to make policies that protect vulnerable people, how to make policies policies that protect women, and only in the last five, seven years that we've started to incorporate this ideology and make policies based off of it. We're taking parents away from their children over it. We're yep. allowing minors to be mutilated over it. And we're letting men encroach on women's spaces and endanger them uh, over this ideology. And it's just how much longer do we need to uh, play with this fire before we realize that we have third degree burns? And the more you let it sit, the more radicalized people become. That's something to be noted here. I mean, we're talking about the radical ends of both sides of the spectrum when it comes to these issues. The more you let this sit and the more more that women have to be remain anonymous in court filings in order to talk about literally being sexually assaulted, being sexually assaulted in what are supposed to be spaces for them. This is where people start to go crazy and they start to go, if somebody's not going to do something about this, I'm going to do it myself. And that's harmful. It's harmful when you don't just allow people to express their beliefs and express them freely. And we're now living in an environment where a lot of people don't feel that they can and that they can't come forward. I mean, the fact that you've got NCAA swimmers having to re remain anonymous and talking about uh, being victimized by Leah Thomas, the fact that these sorority sisters are remaining anonymous and trying to come forward and say, hey, there's literally a man sexually assaulting us. <laughs> it blows my mind. It blows my mind, guys. I don't know. I'm so over this. It's so crazy. It seems like every say, single day there's news. Uh, these, I would say the, the new feminist heroes are women like the ones in this sorority and like Taylor Silverman in skateboarding and yep. uh, who Riley, what was her last name in swimming, who swam against Leah Thomas and lost. Uh, these are the people who are feminist heroes and icons of this generation. They're standing up for women and uh, they should be celebrated and they're pointing the way of where we need to go. Uh, Not, yeah. And we shouldn't be giving woman of the year to people who decide that one day that they lost in the, can't compete with males. So they're going to compete with biological females. And now that's somehow an act of courage that you now deserve to be woman of the year. No, the, the women who are saying, Hey, this is costing me my place on Olympics opportunities. This is costing me my scholarship opportunities. This is costing me everything I've worked hard for and it's it's happening to other women and i'm going to stand up for them so kudos to the sorority girls and to people like taylor silverman uh and those standing up to this stuff because it's unfortunate that you have to be in that position but you know that it's it's courageous and you guys are the women of the year for us right that's that fifth wave that's that fifth wave we were talking about in a prior episode it's coming i swear because there's no way women put up with this any longer there's just no way let's get into your guys super chats uh read through them today i've got some of them not you obviously thank you for some super chats appreciate that hey amala i don't often get to catch a live show so i'm glad i could catch this one is there a reason why you aren't religious and what evidence or experience would you need to become christian thanks for all your work uh the reason is I just it's an easy question. It is an easy question, I think. <laughs> I 
I get, I'll pl- explain it in very, just very straightforward, simple terms. I've yet to be convinced by any religious argument that I've heard. And as far as evidence that I would need to believe in the existence of a God, let me think about this. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I would honestly, in any of the major debates around religions, any of those major back and forths, if, if somebody could just there's obviously answers and answers that you can deduce from having having read the bible or the quran or whatever religion that you get but i would just need a clear and distinct piece of maybe visual tangible evidence to uh believe in the existence of a god maybe that's my answer for you i'll have to think about that much more because i could probably give you like an entire laundry list of (laughs) of evidence um but i am not an ideologue so therefore I, i will say that there is evidence that you could probably submit to me i'm just unsure that Anybody has that evidence to to submit to me. But here we are. And if it comes one day, hey, I'll be the first to admit it. I'll be I'll do it live on air. We'll do it live on air. Thank you for your super we'll, chat. We'll get her before long, guys. <laughs> you know, there, there's hope. There's always hope. No, uh, just, I'll just say as a as a Christian, I I think um, the Christian worldview makes sense. I think it is ultimately true and is a the best map for reality that we have and when you pattern your life after it then things just things work but i don't think that i think there there is a step of faith that has to be taken and i don't think that it's necessarily something that you can just you know let me lay out a perfect argument for it and then right now now it's bulletproof and you must be persuaded there is a leap of faith involved there and uh, i i don't shy away from that as a christian and i try to have intellectual honesty in my faith too so when people raise these arguments about you know inconsistencies in the text or just different difficult issues. I, I've been bothered by those and I have to go down and I have to check myself and say, am I being an ideologue here? Am I just blindly following this? Or mm. uh, do I still have my intellectual honesty and uh, existential honesty? And can I contend with these issues in good faith to the best of my ability in the bottom of my heart still emerge from this thing? Yes, I think this still makes sense. Or yes, I'm still willing to lend this the status of truth uh, in my mind and in my heart uh, as an act of faith and continue living my life according to it. So that's kind of how I deal with that just yeah. to give the opposite side. I like that view. The comfortability with the weeps is uh, where I just, you guys, you haven't got me yet. <laughs> I'm just not comfortable with the leaps yet. Um, Don, Don Johnson, thank you for your super chat, says they need to release the manifesto. I know a lot of people feel similar to that. I would uh, be very curious to read what was written in there because it's, it's uh, interesting to analyze the people who make decisions like this because it's just a decision that you can't possibly fathom. Uh, doing in your own life so it's very it would be very interesting to read that and see what made this person get down to uh to the bottom of this of this and and decide to do this imagination junkie says i can't help but wonder if telling young people that violence is being inflicted upon them if others don't agree with them increases the likelihood that they feel threatened and want to fight back it 100,000 percent does 100,000%. If you grow up telling a generation of young people, hey, you're going to have a set of ideas and moral impulses that you feel are are right or wrong. If people don't subscribe to those moral impulses, there is something wrong with them. They have less uh, moral value than you do. And you should try your best to either A, eradicate those people or change the minds of those people. You are going to breed violence. It is what happens because... We have so many young people right now thinking 
speech is violence, what silence is violence as well. Okay, so no matter what you do, apparently you're committing an act of violence unless you are wholeheartedly bowing at their feet and and agreeing with them. So 100 percent, I think you're right. Imagination junkie. It does bring about a proclivity to violence. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, text Rod, thank you, says, of course, a bio man demands for violence. How ladylike. Yeah. Yeah. That was in reference to the trans video. Uh, and it's interesting because I've, I've seen a lot of people saying things. Oh, well, I guess Audrey Hale wanted to do something that men typically do or whatever and blah, 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 all this stuff. But well, we talked about it's it on mess. Monday, too, but there is, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire often. And you could say that there's reason to believe that she may have been on cross-sex hormones and, and been injecting testosterone. And we know that that is associated with more aggression and all that and mood swings and that, and anger and that type of stuff. So, uh, you know, that that is at least something tangible to attribute to that type of uh, to that thought. Um. Yeah, I mean, I it would be curious to see. I wonder if they're going to do an autopsy and actually find out whether or not that's the case. Scripture Shores, thank you for your super chat. I appreciate that. Dicks and butts, thank you for your super chat. <laughs> Never fails. I do feel bad for most trans people. Uh, they're usually mentally ill, over-medicated, lonely, and lonely people that have been taken advantage of uh, by bad people. But when I see stuff like this, it's hard to keep the sympathy. Yeah, it's just always important to look at people as individuals. Always look at people as individuals. There's going to be people who you have no sympathy for. And there's going to be people that you do have you do have sympathy for. And certainly, if we find out information that says, like, Audrey Hale was completely rejected by everybody in her childhood and was bullied and this and that, I will feel sympathetic for the version of the person that went through that. But that doesn't mean your sympathy has to extend to the acts committed by that person later in life, if that makes sense. You can hear a heartbreaking story of anybody who's committed an act of mass violence like this and go, well, yeah, that's a heartbreaking story. Doesn't then have to justify what they've done in the present. Uh, yeah, the, the Dahmer series on Netflix highlighted that this past year, too. And I think they did a decent job, especially later in the series, of getting of really telling the story through the victim's lens. But it was controversial because of that exact reason. It, is, it did create some empathy for Jeffrey Dahmer, but this is a one of the most horrific serial killers in history. So it's like it's it's we that's where you know we talked earlier about having moral clarity in the wake of these tragedies. And you have to be able to not obfuscate the truth and say this is the fault of the perpetrator. This is on them and we're not making excuses for that right at all right but but that shouldn't stop us also from trying to understand and from having empathy that may for other people who may be like i think this is a great super chat from um from dicks and butts it's a, <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't let the the name fool you but it's, it's it's a thoughtful reflection and i appreciate that man yeah 100 percent. i you said something there that i was going to speak to and i just forgot what was the last thing you said taylor before that the empathy and the group uh, oh it, that's not attributable to the whole group yes 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 so that's why i said in the previous episode on monday that you shouldn't just look at things and go well that's evil and that's why it happened it's just evil because if you fail to try to understand why things occur inevitably they just continue and continue and continue. We should always look at things and go, well, yeah, that maybe feels like something that I would describe as evil, but to simply attribute it to evil and be like, oh, it's just evil. They were born that way. It happened that way or whatever. It's just not the case. And we should make every effort we can to try and understand when things like this happen. 
YouTube is censoring my comments. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, can the GOP stay consistent? Usually the right says that mass shooters act alone and shouldn't be judged by their race or ideology. Now that the shooter was trans, they changed their mind. Just stay consistent. I think so. There's two different things here. Shouldn't be judged by their their race. That's certainly the case because nobody can choose their race. That's not something that that's just what you have when you're when you're born as this earth. So that's something totally separate from ideology. Now, you should judge individuals based on the acts that they commit, of course. And you should always look as to how ideology influences those acts. Uh, a good example is Dylan Roof, who is a mass shooter. Of course, you want to look at Dylan Roof and say, what you did is horrible on its own based on you as an individual. And you as an individual committed those acts. But some could also say that Dylan Roof and going and targeting a, a black church and shooting black people may have been motivated by uh, a belief in white supremacy or racist tendency towards black people. So that's an ideology that he subscribed himself to that certainly deserves judgment as far as it has influenced him to commit that act. The same could be said for, for Audrey, which would be on, I guess, the opposite end of the spectrum uh, as far as left versus right, if we want to say it that way. A lot of people characterize it that way. But how has gender ideology possibly influenced the act that she committed on Monday? So I think the the, the judgment still stands. You, you base your judgment uh, on the individual, but should also recognize that individuals are highly influenced by ideology and ideas. Race is just a whole other thing. I don't think race plays a factor in that. Next one is from... Let's see. Jeffrey Jackson. Amala, you should try holding a curtain rod during the stream like that person in the video you showed. Appreciate you and Taylor. You know what? I don't know that I want that image attached to my uh, to my likeness. <laughs> well, uh, we'll at least get you a real wizard staff. Yeah. <laughs> which is wand? I don't know. Yeah, which is a witch's wand. Uh, Anna Puppy, thank you for your super chat, says as a mentally disabled gun owner, you can't target all of us uh, from this snatch. All buyers should be screened. Don't let people hide or punish majority. I think this this is a nuanced conversation. It's not to say that if you go to uh, a, a gun salesman and you say, I want a handgun or a shotgun for home protection, that they like Google it and they go, well, in 2015, you were diagnosed with depression. You're done. You're not going to get anything. I imagine that. And this is just spitballing here. Of course, I can't give you a whole system for how this works in a matter of minutes. But I would imagine there would be some sort of assessment test that you could do for people that is directly within the scope of identifying their harm towards other people. So a lot of these people who uh, end up being mass shooters are on FBI watch lists. So somehow the FBI has identified a certain set of criteria, criteria that they can use to judge people and identify possible threats. That is the criteria that I'm talking about. That's the mental criteria that I'm talking about. So if you go to see a psychiatrist or a therapist and they not only think this person is a strong harm to themselves, but also a strong harm to others with some of the stuff that they are saying in this meeting, check. Maybe you should be on a list somewhere. Uh, and if you guys want to have it be an extensive process where, you know, if you show up on the list, you have to go get another psychiatric evaluation before you can go and get a firearm. I, I'm, there's mil a million ways to skin the cat here. But that's what I'm talking about. People who have these violent uh, bends in, in them. Stephanie Fonseca, thank you for your super chat, says, love how rational, respectful y'all are on all topics that I've heard. 
before I was, as Tyler says, or Taylor says, so open-minded that it made me dumb. So thank you. <laughs> that happens sometimes. That Tyler. He's that got Tyler. the best liners. <laughs> I've, I've been called Tyler my entire life. So yeah, it's fine. it happens. That's okay. And then Stephanie Fonseca goes on to say part one, uh, left mob says, give one inch and they'll take everything. Don't let kids transition or drag queens uh, exist. So they'll come for gay marriage next, etc. And then says in part two, seems rational, but is it really? If you have time, maybe watch Mama Dr. Jones video. This abortion pills safety lawsuit seems to support the woke mobs regarding abortion. Sorry for the paragraphs. I used to watch Mama Dr. Jones uh, quite a bit. She's an OBGYN that makes YouTube videos and they're actually extremely educational. The content that I used to watch from her was her going back and watching old television like er episodes and stuff where she talks about the actual inner workings of the medicine that they're talking about in tv shows i'll go out and check out that video uh, that you're talking about because i have not seen that one from sinrius akari i hope i said your name right thank you for your super chat at what point is higher education going to be responsible for the contribution to the problem for the way they implemented multicultural competency and dei <sighs> They're partially responsible now. <laughs> well, they think. are responsible. Will they be yeah. held responsible? Right, question. right. Being held responsible is probably never going to happen. Uh, intellectuals are almost never held responsible for their failings, as Tom Sowell famously says in many of his books. So will they be held responsible? Probably not. Are they responsible? Partially. <laughs> partially. There's there's a lot. Stacy Innocent sent some balloons. Thank you for that, uh, for your super chat. We appreciate you. Justin Ware says, just wanted to thank you for making this dishwasher, dishwasher shift much better and keeping my mind open on your views. All my best from Streetsboro, Ohio. Thank you. I hope we're Love making that. your shift nice and happy and not too sad with the news that we're talking about. Happy to have you, Justin. And Skylar Adamson says, have you guys seen the Netflix documentary Revelation? I have not. Have you? I have not either. Is that? Okay. I wonder if that's like about book of revelation and times type stuff i don't know i have I a feeling it. it is i have a feeling it just might be it was when we were having the religious conversation that it came in but yeah ah. uh, i'll check it out i have not have not heard of it lost all my money but is somehow <laughs> sending a super chat thank you for your super chat <laughs> says whether you believe in god's existence or the big bang which is a huge miracle uh you are still believing oh you are establishing belief in a faith-based ideology i mean i would disagree <laughs> but we don't have to get into the inner workings of of all of that and i'm not even coming here and saying necessarily the the big bang is the only logical explanation for the existence of the earth and all that stuff i'm not i'm not making any claims uh and I, i'm not in the business of making claims of, of things that i really if i spent all my life probably could could not possibly understand um but yeah kathy s Thank you for your super chat says the hypocrisy and aggression in the trans community. A lot of interesting studies on hypocrisy and dissonance theory and the hypocrisy paradigm as a tool of intervention. And we need an intervention. I have not heard about dissonance theory. Have you, Taylor? No, this is new to me. There's all you guys are always putting. Give me new stuff in uh, the super chats. Dissonance theory. I'm going to actually type that into my browser so that I have chat that GPT saved. Explain it to us. Yeah. In in April, I'm going to give somewhat of a speech or a talk about like the inner workings of 
questioning the modern day narrative and like cynicism versus blind faith and all these different things. So maybe this uh, dissonance theory is going to be something helpful to to learn about. So I'm going to go read up on that. Also, super chat from where is it? Rachel Gorita. Thank you. Or Gorita. Thank you so much for your super chat. No message, but we appreciate you. Then from Imagination Junkie, if the wokes get their way, conservatives would be uh, would all be people who can't have guns because we're all violent when we talk or don't talk. I think silence yeah. is violence. Silence is violence. Speech is violence. Everything's violence. I, I don't disagree with you there. The Nicodemus 1984 condolences and support to the families. Violence is trivialized. Glad you and your team covered this topic so well. Thank you. And yes, 100% condolences to the families and the people who lost their lives. It's just, it, it, it's simply unimaginable. Every, every part of this is unimaginable and something that I will, you, you try to grasp right and understand as we talked about before, but it's, it's just difficult. And in many ways it is often trivialized. And here's a criticism that I will levy to people who are typically viewed to be on my side of things there's almost a feeling of like yes it was a trans person you know you guys have you guys felt that i can't be the only one who who feels that in some of these instances and it happens on both sides right something bad happens and it's like people sit at the edge of their seats waiting to see if it's somebody who's going to be labeled on their side or if it's somebody who's going to be labeled uh, not on their side and it's a back and forth type of thing and it's just a weird place that we're in right now to have something so tragic happen and be so disconnected from the tragedy itself that you're just waiting to see if it supports your worldview yeah, it's yeah. unfortunate that we live in like such toxic, polarizing times where the events of the world are just a, you know, battleground or just a, hey, what's going to happen to see whose side it strengthens? And everyone's just waiting to see how they can spin it to their preference. And what gets lost in that is, you know, what is completely separate from from the, the battleground, which is the victims and which is caring about that and then caring about justice and truth. And all that stuff is not partisan. And I think that that's what hopefully we've tried to focus on uh, in talking about it at least and, and dealing yeah. in the truth and the facts and, and talking about it, um, justice and uh, giving due diligence to the victims. I think Shoe on Head had a great uh, tweet that she put out said like, stop posting pictures of the killer. Let's circulate pictures of the victims and that got a lot of retweets on Twitter. And I think that's the right uh, sentiment to have. I think we might as well mention too, that there was a story that one of the nine-year-old girls who was shot, um, what did so, or was, was shot in the process of uh, pulling the fire alarm yeah. to alert the the building. And that's just a heroic act from a nine-year-old. Like, how do you even yeah. process that? But admit, so, you know, those are the types of stories we should definitely be telling and not losing sight of. That's I, it blows my mind I, that a, a nine-year-old would be doing that. Oh my gosh. Ugh. Ugh. Okay. Uh, we've we've got one more from Troy News. Are you an atheist or agnostic, Amala? And what do you think of this headline a few months ago? The universe is not locally real, and the physics Nobel Prize winners proved it. I might, I guess, would you, what would you be? I don't know what, I don't, I, I, I hate labeling things. <laughs> we did open a can of worms here. I don't like labeling things. Some people will, I, I guess if I'm saying, I do not know, you would say, you would say, you would say agnostic, but I'm also saying I'm unconvinced by your claims of 
by any religion's claim. So like hundreds, I, I reject all of the hundreds <laughs> that, that I've heard so far. So I guess you would say agnostic atheist. I don't know. I don't like the label on it. I'm just like, I don't know. That's where I'm at. I don't know. Yet to be convinced. Hasn't happened yet. And as far as the universe not being locally real, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what it means that the universe is not locally real. Uh, so I'm going to have to give that a Google. This yeah. isn't the Joe Rogan podcast where we talk about that type of stuff. Yeah. Aliens. I would like to. Yeah. So maybe get uh, Eric Weinstein on here or something. I got to like take some troops first before we do yeah. that. Before we do that episode. <laughs> <laughs> Chase U says, G'day, Amala and Taylor. Matt you got to read that in Australian accent. G'day, Amala and Taylor. <laughs> Matt Walsh's recent description of the woke left is spot on. Their ideologies of tearing down institutions and rebuilding them according to the doctrine of their cult. I didn't see it. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. I, uh, my Australian boyfriend's going to tell me that was not great. <laughs> I have a feeling he's going to say that was wrong. Or maybe it was more like a New Zealand, more like a New Zealand accent. But Chase you. I did not see Matt Walsh's recent description. Um, but I, you said their ideologies of tearing down institutions and rebuilding them according to the doctrine of their cult. Yeah. You know, I just don't see the rebuilding part. All I hear is the tearing down part. All I hear is this is wrong. It's been wrong since it started. We need to tear it down and nothing about what happens afterwards. Yeah, it's like in uh, Chaz in Seattle. Remember that they had like the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone and it was all these super woke Antifa types who established an autonomous country inside of the downtown of Seattle. And it just quickly fell into like, okay, what are you guys going to actually do with this? Like you got your little patch of land. Well, let's make the utopia that you wanted. And they like planted a garden and couldn't grow the trees and people got shot. And it was just like this disorganized chaos. It was all dirty and gross. And just, it was like, okay, well, maybe we need to hold off on letting you guys completely rebuild the structure of Western civilization <laughs> uh, until you can figure out how to manage this little patch of land without people getting killed and starving. Right. Right. Let's do a little test test zone for you guys. <laughs> a lot of you are saying my Australian accent was good. Others are saying it was shit. So this is always the case. I don't know what you to tell totally you guys. Pass it out back. Totally. That one. <laughs> Order a blooming onion. Uh, the an autistic reader said, "I wonder what would be said if the shooter was autistic," which I believe is confirmed by the Daily Mail. The shooter uh, was autistic. Uh, we should wait for labels to be any factor until we know why. Yeah, I mean, there, there's going to be so many things. Like, uh, it did come out that uh, Audrey Hill is autistic, at least uh, by the Daily Mail. I haven't read through any other publications that have confirmed it. Um, but that has come out. And there is a bunch of evidence that says that uh, autistic women in particular have a propensity to identify as trans. So that could be a big motivation there. You have to think about possibly the existence of both ideology and the autism being uh, coming together in a cocktail of this identity being present in, in her. An autistic reader says, sorry, I'll miss you at BYU. I live an hour away and hate driving on the freeway. Hope you have a good time there. You know what? I, I totally get you. I, I sympathize with that because when I moved to L.A., <laughs> I did not drive on the freeway in L.A. for at least like two or three weeks. I was too scared. I was too scared. I was from my little town in Florida. So I got here. I got a car and I learned that the freeways have like six lanes and that 
everybody was like, people will not move over if you're trying to merge. Like, you just have to find a way to merge, like, perfectly into the lane or whatever. So I got so scared to even drive in LA that I just didn't. I just took all the back roads to get where I needed to go. So my 20-minute trips were, like, 45. It's what great. are you, a 20-year-old girl in a new city? Yeah. Jeez. I, I, I appreciate the do. honesty from this, this super chat. You're close. You're coming close to me, but I'm not, but trying, I'm not, to gonna be, I'm not trying to meet you in person. <laughs> I get it, guys. It's okay. But if you are in the area near BYU, come come check it out. I think we're expecting quite a few people to be there. I don't know what this speech is going to become now. I feel like new news keeps coming out. It was titled, Why Be a Conservative? But sometimes I just go to these speeches and I just end up going off the rails, uh, depending on what's happening. But BYU is a particularly friendly campus. I, I have yet to hear of any like protesting or anything that's happening. Normally, I'll set up to go to a campus and the speech is going to be like how woke ideas, you know, are born and how they propagate and whatever. And then the students start calling me a trans terrorist or something. And then I have to respond. So that hasn't happened at BYU yet. <laughs> so we're good. I think it's going to be an actual speech. I'm going to try to make it educational in some way, shape or form. And uh, he's talking for an hour. Can you guys imagine? And it makes me so nervous. And people probably you're, not. You're uh, like an hour and 15 minutes into a podcast. But it's not the, the same. Okay. On, <laughs> on the podcast, I have like stories and things. And I'm sitting, I'm talking to Taylor. Cam's here. You know, it's chill vibes, whatever. There's nobody sitting in front of me. But when I go to a speech, it's like people are sitting in front of you. And they're expecting something, you know, a little different than what they see on your normal podcast. I'm not going to come like read news stories or whatever. They're expecting something a little bit more profound than what they typically get from you on the internet. So I'm like planning out what I'm going to say say for a full hour there's no breaks there's no videos it's just me talking for an hour i don't want to be subjected to me talking for an hour so i cannot imagine why anybody would want to sit and listen to me for one hour but that's what i'll be doing this is terrible advertising for the podcast i'm the so way. sorry i'm so you know it's 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 good it's fun stuff you know the podcast we're hanging out right we're hanging out at the university is i gotta get all you know like professional <laughs> just hang out there too people enjoy it yeah okay well we'll try we'll try you know, this is guys just so you know Amala always gets super nervous before like fox news hits yep. or speeches or anything and she's like oh my god what am i gonna do and then gets up there and it's like it's fine nails it natural <laughs> mind-blowing clarity and precision with her speech and everyone strong this giant line of people at the end just trying to like touch the hem of her garment oh my stop. gosh stop it <laughs> just, just talk it. to her and let everyone you know it's always a love fest and they're great so uh you know so yeah. i don't i don't take these wor worries seriously anymore because i've seen it so many times but uh you know it's gonna be fine don't take my concerns seriously guys <laughs> <laughs> it's also just funny that you're sitting here talking to two thousand people who just listen to you for an hour and they're like guys could you imagine me talking for an hour straight <laughs> they're like uh yeah. you know what i mean you guys know what i mean uh marie francis grace camacho thank you for your super chat i'm gonna be so embarrassed because i don't know what flag this is and she put her flag i was wondering if you uh <laughs> do you it know took it took me a second I went through two guesses in my head first, but then I had to use her last name as a clue, and it reminded me. It's uh, the Philippines. The because, Philippines. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm semi good at geography. Like I saw a video of Fresh and Fit, and they were asking the girls at the panel, like, can you name one country in South America? And only three out of like seven or ten girls got a country in South America. I can do that all day, okay? But flags are really rough. I don't I don't ever think I've sat and looked through 
each country's flag. So sorry. We to used you. to play on uh, Will and Amla. We did the the state flags game. And if y'all don't know, go look at the state flags on like Wikipedia, just a list of them. There's some crazy looking flags that you've never seen before. I mean, I'm yeah. American grew up here and I'm like, that looks like a medieval, you know, coat of arms from Scotland or something. And it's Maryland or, you know, there's yeah. just all these crazy cool looking flags. I don't know why I'm like getting excited about that, but <laughs> we should maybe, maybe Fascinating bring stuff, back guys. the state flags game. <laughs> bring back the state flags game. Bring back Amala tries to look at uh, the logos of sports teams and guess what they are you could honestly reuse the ones you've already tested me on and i would still not know them so uh we could bring that back you could show me sports you, players i wouldn't know a single one of them yeah you asked me where the hot sauce was the other day too were you trying to play uh hot ones again no i had uh popeye's fried chicken I was trying to eat. <laughs> <laughs> and i was looking for the hot sauce in the office and i could not find it damn it okay you can't eat Popeye's fried chicken without hot sauce. So sorry, no. but I did it. If you don't, if you guys it. don't know, we used to play a game on the show where you have hot takes. So you you give a spit a hot take, and then you debate it. But as you give the hot take, you have to take a bite of like extremely hot hot sauce, and then you're trying to debate while oh, while crying your eyes out. We need to bring so that back. So horrible! It was so horrible. The <laughs> bomb beyond insanity is so horrible, and I love that interview show Hot Ones. I watch nearly every episode, unless it's somebody that I'm like just not totally not interested in, in what they do. Sorry to to that person, uh, but I love watching Hot Fun Hot Ones. I feel like I would do good on that show. Uh, maybe I don't know about towards the end, but I feel like generally I would do all right on that show. And Taylor and I were just talking. Were we Were we talking about that? No, John and I were just talking about that. Uh, and he was like, you need to get on Hot Ones. But I'm not big enough to be on Hot Ones. They got like Jenna Ortega and stuff and Pedro Pascal. Um, yet. Yet. Not yet. But with with all your ice baths and stuff, you probably can just like turn mentally turn off your taste buds if you needed to and just be like, no pain in my, my mouth. Meditate, meditate my way out of it. Okay. <laughs> I didn't even read Mar- Marie's super chat. She said in the Philippines, we have security everywhere, even in schools. See, you know what? What did I see the other day, uh, Marie, that you just reminded me of? I saw the president of El Salvador post on Twitter, like a poster, like an old school, like 1950s graphic saying move to El Salvador. And it's like no fentanyl crisis, no school shootings, no like rampant immigration. He was basically advertising all the stuff that we're dealing with in America and saying we don't have this in El Salvador. Uh, Move here. Tragic. Yeah, look, I lived in Honduras when I was nine years old with my family, um, our missionary kid. And we went to like a a Christian school and they had like dudes with freaking not AK-47s. Like, I don't know. It looks like the AR type weapons and like shotguns and just posted up all over the place. Then you go to the mall and they just had dudes with like giant full on, you know, automatic weapons just strolling around the mall. And, you know, there wasn't um, an issue with violence, at least in those places. So. You know, there's there's something they got something figured out in places like Philippines. And I'd be like, okay, I'm not gonna mess with y'all. Also, I see a lot of people in the comments right now saying, "Screw!" I saw "Screw Pedro Pascal," and Pedro Pascal needs help. What does he need help with? I just watched The Last of Us. Have you guys seen it? I watched it. Yeah. I finally watched it. I finished it. I thought it was all right. It was yeah. It was okay. I just Amelie, do you know what the sexuality of Ellie was? I missed it. During the whole series, they only announced it like 17,000 times. Um, so I was, I was like, a little bit confused. You asked me end. that and I was like, huh? What are you, uh, <laughs> are you genuinely asking me that? Yeah, you know, they had to put that. And I, you know, I never played the, the Last of Us video game. But nine years ago when that video game did come out, I was 
semi a fan of PewDiePie because, you know, I'm a YouTube kid, right? I grew up when YouTube was like on the up and up. So I used to watch those old streams that PewDiePie did of his like gameplay on The Last of Us. And I don't remember Ellie's sexuality coming up in it. Maybe it did. And I just completely forgot. But, you know, they you had to put that in there. said it was like hinted at or whatever. But okay. if you were like a fan of the game and into it, you you could know. Dude. But yeah, I don't know. I didn't play it. I mean, I'm a Disney kid, too. And now they're doing with Selena Gomez and Wizards of Waverly Place. They're saying that she's bisexual, but they couldn't explore it in the show. Oh, what a shame. It's like J.K. Rowling saying Dumbledore's gay after Harry Potter's done. It's like, oh, OK, thanks. It's like, whatever. Thanks for that. OK, cool. <laughs> thanks for that. Uh, Dow sent a super chat. You were on Cameron Haynes podcast. How was that? It was good. I not only was it on was I on Cameron Haynes podcast. I was on Cameron Haynes lifestyle. We went up a mountain. We did an ice bath. We were lifting. We were shooting arrows. We did the and the podcast and we did it all in one day. It was so much for one day, but it was so fun and such a such a challenge for both Taylor and I at the time. Uh, so that was fun. That yeah, and we put out the chill. video yesterday. So if you haven't seen it yet, go watch it. We uh, we did a day in the life of Cam Haynes, and uh, you can see Amala run, climb a mountain, yeah, lift with Cam Haynes, shoot bow and arrow, <sighs> set the women's record for it. It's all really cool stuff. I'm gonna post a link in the chat right now. But Except somebody already doubled my record and beat it. Another woman who went on Cam Haynes, the the ultra runner. I forget what her name is. Her name is Christine or something. Oh, what is that's it? What not is that? Fair. What is that ultra runner? She's like a, such a badass. She like runs a hundred miles or she's run for like 24 hours or something like that. She's insane. Insane. But she beat my record. I got it at 49 yards. She did 101 yards. You've got the woman's pod, the podcaster woman's record. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> the media personality. Cam Haynes rolls with all these like super ultra marathon triathlete freaks of nature. So also, I guess that was bound to happen. You guys didn't watch our Cameron Hayne episode that came out yesterday. It literally ranked 10 out of 10 on YouTube. So I've got a bone yeah, pick. Yeah, what the hell? What the hell, guys? <laughs> I've got problems with you. I think it just you. didn't hit the algorithm or something. I, you guys yeah. need to check it that just, out. It just didn't hit the algorithm, right? People wanted to watch yeah, it. Yeah, it yeah. was really good. It just didn't hit the algorithm. <laughs> no, we have been legit having weird issues with like every one out of every few videos we post just flops completely. Yeah. Like absurdly so. We and never like, make bad the... content. It's just no, that, guys, you we know, never miss. out of nowhere, they Def have to Curry. sabotage us to keep us down, you know? Uh, Joey. Yeah. Thank you for your super chat. It says Dumbledore was only gay for Grindelwald. Who's Grindelwald? So sorry, guys. <laughs> Grindelwald was like the other legendary wizard. That's he's a focal point in the Fantastic Beast movies. But uh, I think that was Dumbledore's love interest or whatever. Uh, only gay for him. Straight for all the rest. Chase U <laughs> says maybe stick to your wonderful accent, Amala. Respectfully, of course. I did paraphrase his video uh, due to the character limit. So he, he's also saying my Aussie accent is shit. It's okay. I hear it every day. I, I've accepted it. Wonderful. I don't have guns in Australia. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Okay. Uh, from Wonderful Weird One says, Hi all. I hope your day is going well. Our day is going good. It's been, it's been a good day. We've been chilling, guys. It's been a really, really fun time. Andrew Joseph Yanis says a religion and multiple deities were created as a means of social control that offered moral guidance and existential meaning during dark ages when uh, chaotic tendencies and unethical behavior prevailed. And that was your first super chat. We appreciate you. You know, uh, when I was a teenager, I went through this whole period of being like, yeah, of essentially going down the rabbit hole of what you're saying here. And I do think there is 
of course, there's hundreds of religions, okay? So, and all of which claiming to be the the correct religion. And of course, religions come about for for certain reasons, like uh, you know, black plague comes and takes on your your world and your community, and you're like, oh shoot, we're all gonna die. Uh, better best to believe in something. Or there's like sun gods and harvest gods and older school uh, communities and uh, tribes and things like that. There's just so many reasons that uh, re religion comes about and it takes so many different shapes and forms. This is which is exactly why I claim to know nothing. Ain't making no claim. Don't feel comfortable. <laughs> Chiefs, thank you for your super chat. No message, but we appreciate you. And that was the last one of the day. Well, real quick, I got to read Master Monkey. It's not a super chat, but it was funny. Okay. It says, Amelie, do you always dress like the doll beside you? <laughs> oh, you know what? I didn't even notice that. That is so funny. Uh, today. Fit on today. Today, I do. Except here, I can actually show my shoes because I'm wearing socks, you weirdos. Okay. Boom. Slippers. We're wearing slippers to the office. I've been walking around with these, styling and profiling all day. You know, I, I like to emphasize comfort, uh, at least in the footwear. Taylor, you look like you're judging me. So professional. Almost just mailing it in at this point. She's like, walks in the place like she owns it. <laughs> it's super. Tosses her keys to Cam on the way in. <laughs> that is so not true. That is so not true. I toss the keys to Scott. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, and Savrix says, still no notifications. Spooky. You know what? YouTube is after us. That's why you guys didn't see the campaigns video that was just golden. Some of the best content we've ever made. Go check it out. It's the video uh, prior to, to this one. Uh, they just, they have an eye on us. So what's going on? They don't like me and my slippers. But it's okay, because we're almost at a million subs, guys. You guys have killed it. Thank you so much for your support. If you're not subscribed, please subscribe. And join the army. What does Russell Brand call his subscribers? Awakening wonders. You know? What should we call you guys? Do you guys want you guys want to be called something <laughs> along those lines? You you awakening wonders? Maybe we'll figure the out something. Simps. Simp please, army. please don't, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Please no, please no. Dow says YouTube oppression. Thank you for your super chat though. That's how we fight oppression. Reparations, I'm gonna request reparations from YouTube. Okay, I gotta end this show. It's, it's 425 guys. We're going too long, I'm having fun. Thank you guys for hanging out. Please subscribe. Sign up for my email list if you want the chance to be sent a mug, plus some stickers, plus a personal note from me that I will send to yo dough. That's right, to yo dough. Uh, 10 of you will get chosen off of the email list. And you can do that by, uh, Heading to the link in the description. Also, if you want to talk to people outside of the show, join our Discord community. It has over 2,000 members, and I think like 300 of them are active at, at any given time uh, during the day. So you guys can talk about memes, uh, feet pics, if that's what you guys are interested in. You can talk about politics. <laughs> I don't think that's allowed on there. <laughs> I feel like it's allowed. I feel like... I I feel like we're pretty lax on the rules there. Just don't go around, you know, bullying people and stuff. We like to keep it somewhat classy. I don't know that feet pics are classy, but <laughs> I don't think we can ban that, you know? No, you're um, just going to get a huge surge of new weirdos <laughs> on the Discord server. Uh, I feel like people who like feet are not watching this podcast. I hope not. Go watch something else. <laughs> go watch Nickelodeon shows. Go watch Go watch anything made by Dan Snyder. Yeah, that, that's where you'll you'll be fulfilled in that. Anyways... 
What else was I going to say? That's it. Guys, please like, subscribe, click the notification bell, even though it does not work, <laughs> according to uh, <laughs> our super chatters. But click it anyways, just so we know that you love us. It's so important to, to feel loved. And we love you guys. Thank you so much for watching, hanging out with us today. Hopefully it made your dishwashing shift better or you're chilling at home, made your after school time better. Or maybe maybe it just made your day a little bit more normal. Guys, leave a comment down below. What are your feelings on all of the news of this week? How are you handling it? Are you keeping up with things? Are you feeling hatred in your stomach for a certain group of people? Or are you just leading your normal life and trying to understand others? We hope it's the latter of the two. But let us know. And as always, we encourage healthy debate in the comments down below. Thank you for hanging. I'll be at BYU on Friday, but we're still going to have a video for you guys. So we never fail. And I think the video is going to be me reacting to the second time that I've been on Dr. Phil. My Dr. Phil episode came out today, so you guys can check that out. It's on affirmative action. It's also featuring Candace Owens. So me and Candace were on Dr. Phil together to have a debate back and forth with two people who supported affirmative action. So go ahead and check that out. And we'll be reacting to it on the show on Friday in case you don't get to see it. So we'll be here. Bye, guys.